0: Rachel, off the top of the show, I want to address something. Um, perhaps the biggest boneheaded move I've ever made in my oh, life. No. Um,
1: what did you do, Michael? Uh, uh, this is
0: why you never tweet, really. <laughs> um, and so uh, here's what happened, Rachel. Uh, basically, what 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 happened is is I I was you know it's like the weekend where it's a long weekend. Um, I was still kind of in work mode, but I, I wasn't really thinking thinking clearly. You know, okay. I was just messing around. You know, you know, I was just Every once in a while, I like to, you know, be a little stinker on Twitter. Um,
1: it is your persona, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, uh, so I saw someone. There was like an account. I can't remember what the name is. I think it was something to do with J. Uh, uh, I believe the account is yes, JT um, Okay. And and JT Conf, um, like it's two screenshots, and it is uh, it is one screenshot of JT Comfort, um, and in his bio it says. Jesse Comfer superfan, and in Jesse Comfer's bio, uh, it says JT Comfer superfan. Now, I forgot for a hot second that these two are siblings and oh not,
1: no, and not
0: romantic partners. So I quote tweeted that and went, Me and who, and immediately <laughs> it was pointed out to me, and immediately. I went, oh no, and took it down right away. But then the account, <sighs> JTConf, shout out to you at JTConf, like screenshotted it, which is like,
1: yes. Result, like,
0: like you know, receipts live forever. And I'm like, and I literally, like, every, if you look at it, every response from that is like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, it's yeah. every single response to people just making, and like, it's good nature. Like, I and, and yes. I should have, like, I know who Jessie Comfer is. Like, she's one of the best. Female, female hockey, hockey players, players, players go. But yeah. I, I completely forgot for a split second that she was, she was siblings and not like a partner. And yeah, right, so it's that's not the, a
1: Kendall coin Schofield situation. No.
0: So that's the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life. And I, I have just been distraught ever since I, I do not like, I will never, I simply will never recover.
1: You um, will never recover from this.
0: And that's okay. And I just wanted to, to, you know, like Bill Clinton, you know, addressing the nation. Uh, uh, you know, my fellow Americans, you know, I I I have made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> have but hold, you ever? Like, I I am the dumbest human on earth. I'm I'm the dumbest person who has ever lived, and I will I will eat everything. Oh my god! You have any idea like the fear that went through my body? No.
1: Because <laughs> like you just see like Brendan McNicholas from the Colorado Avalanche reaching out to you, being like, "Excuse me, sir." Because
0: <laughs> like. So I, I, because I like quote tweet that and like literally two seconds after uh, Jay Fresh. Oh, God. Jay Fresh responds and is just like, like, you sure? And I'm just like, say it because I'm expecting him to be to be like something about my wife leaving or whatever. Right. And he's just like my guy, they, their brother and sister. And I went, oh, no. And I like (laughs) immediately. I'm like, ah, like I I messed. Yeah. So just wanted to, you know, just in case. That's a tough balance for you. Just in case anyone ever wants to take me seriously ever again. um, Don't. Because I'm a dumbass.
1: Anyway. I made a really good decision this weekend by logging out of Twitter. Yes,
0: you did because, that's a very good job.
1: Um, I made some decisions yesterday. <laughs> I think I texted you at what hour? What It I was like to- in the
0: middle of the afternoon.
1: Yeah. I, um, so I decided that I was going to do like a tipsy bartender recipe. And um, it went exactly how you think it went. <laughs> and I ended up having, um, a bagel for dinner.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Um,
1: yeah, with nothing on it, just a plain bagel. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely something. There were decisions that were made yesterday, for sure. So it was a good thing I logged out of Twitter because obviously, um, it's been some poor decisions. I could have had a Jesse Comfort moment. Had I had I
0: uh... the worst part is I was stone cold sober like I, I had right. no narcotics in my body. I was just no
1: narcotics.
0: like I was just like literally sitting in like a recliner in my apartment like just oh, being like ha 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 me and who and then I realized oh no I almost advocated for incest I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off a bridge like this is anyway I yeah, wants not to make fun of me um go right do... ahead I, I I will own it um anyway yeah so
1: on this holiday monday
0: the thing is, Rachel, um, yeah. I don't think that's the that's the craziest or I don't think that's the dumbest decision that someone has made in hockey this week.
1: Uh, no, I would agree. So and me, I don't even think somebody in hockey made that decision.
0: Yeah. So let me tell you about my Friday. I want Ooh, I want to do it. Yes, I want to I want to give you a, a, a beat, a blow by blow of my Friday. This is so, a show
1: and tell Mike's show yeah. and tell.
0: Exactly. Well, so basically what happens is so every Friday, every Friday morning. I, uh, like, at around 10 or so, I have coffee with my dad. Like, it's our little tradition. Like, we, we hang out on Sunday afternoons and watch football or, like, the Sopranos or Ted Lasso or whatever. But on Friday mornings, we, we get, like, a coffee near my near my apartment. Um, and uh, so we're sitting there, and obviously he's talking to me about the Leafs. You know, he's just – he's like, this is crazy. You know, like, my dad has hated Mitch, Mitch Marner's guts, like, for a long time. Like, and so I – I'm, I feel like I there's
1: two factions of people, right? There's, like, everyone's uncle who doesn't like William Nylander. And it's who dads. apparently golfed with my dad yesterday. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Which is, like, I was like, pardon? My dad just texted me, and he's like, I was golfing with Nylander today. I was like, you were what now? And then there's the Mitch Marner people who are like, we don't like Mitch Marner. And I'm trying to figure out, like, the Nylander people are the everyone's uncle, but who are the Marner people? Like, are those, like,
0: I guess it's my dads? dad. Like it's, and and my dad, he just like, the contract saga broke him. Like he has, he's never, no, like Marner could do anything at this point. And he that, was
1: just, I feel like that broke a lot of people. Yeah.
0: And I feel, I kind of feel bad because like he's played very well after that. But like, you know, then again, my, it doesn't really, like my dad is just a very, like he's, it's not like he's tweeting out everything and you know, he's just, <laughs> all he does is talk to me over coffee or whatever. Anyway, so we're having more coffee and this is like, you know, it's, this is our tradition, right? So we're having coffee, we're, we're just chilling. I'm hearing about his week hearing about mine and we're talking about the Leafs and he's just like peppering me with these questions mm-hmm. and here and, and then at the end he's just like so what do you think is going to happen and this is around like 11 30
1: hey.
0: and good and thing press release went out <laughs> and I have my phone on my on, on like the table you know just like just because he knows like I always I'm basically always on call like you know like no it's matter what move. happens you know it like <laughs> I have to jump and, and grab it and so we're having coffee and I literally am just, I'm giving him like the point by point. I'm just like, look, Marner's probably getting traded. Like, you know, this is what I'm hearing. Yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, they have to trade him before July 1st because he has no move clause and whatever. And then I'm like, you know, and we, we obviously had a big conversation about lock locker clean out thing and everything. And then I, -hmm. and then I just go like, you know, but I think, like I think, really, when it comes down to it, like Dubas is gonna come back, you know. Like it's like he's built this whole thing. Like they'll, they'll mend bridges. Like I really do think, at the end of the day, like they'll 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 find a solution. They'll come back because that makes
1: logical sense. Yeah,
0: like they'll find a solution. Like they it might be a little bit, and like we're still waiting, but like you know, eventually it'll happen. Literally two minutes later, my phone lights up, and it is Elliot Friedman saying, "Kyle, like Kyle Dubis will not return as Leafs GM." And I, and I looked at my dad I showed it to him and he's just like yeah let's let's head out like he was like <laughs> that's enough
1: pack it up check please
0: you gotta run and so I w- I was just like in the in that like 10 minutes from the drive from like the coffee shop back to my apartment I know I like it's it's like 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 the world turned upside down right because like you know you cover this team Dubas has built every f- every single pillar built- of this organization yeah
1: he's built the staff he's built the players he's built. The analytics department. he's, he's built, built like the, built the strength and conditioning. Range. Like yeah. he built every
0: everything at every level too. And as we're going back, the Marleys let their entire coaching staff go too. And I go yeah. like, oh man, is this like it's like the red wedding? Like what is happening here? Yeah. Like I'm just imagining like someone going around just shooting people. Like it's or, the blue
1: wedding. It's <laughs> the blue
0: wedding. Like it's crazy. And so I'm like. I'm like, all right, sorry to cut the short, Dad. Like, you know, we get back in my apartment. I'm like, sorry to cut the short, Dad. Like, I got to I got to go. So I, I go inside, frantic with my editor, you know, frantic with John. Shout out, John. Editor, and no, we like, love
1: John on this podcast. Shout out, John. Yeah.
0: Um, going crazy. Prepping a column, whatever. And then Leafs Media lets us know Brandon Shanahan is, um like, is speaking at three.
1: Which I will point out, okay, so that part of it is – that notice is actually extremely professional because yes. I have seen, <laughs> so I have seen PR staffs give 15 minutes notice yeah, it, as if everyone just lives like 35 seconds from where the rink is or like they'll give you like half an hour. And it's like, that's not remotely a professional thing to do. So at least like good on the Leafs, they gave you three ish hours notice. Like that's enough time to get there.
0: Yeah. So, but like, I'm, so I'm like, Tip-tapping away on my computer, look at the clock, and I'm like, oh no, it's like 2:30, and I don't have time to do anything. So I like had to, because I can't run because my knee, so I just power walked my way from my apartment, which is like Moss Park, down to Scotiabank Bank Arena. I get there, I'm dripping in sweat. Like That's I am, good. like <laughs> I, I look like I I have just been off like a cocaine bender, basically. Like I'm dripping in sweat, you nice. know, laptop there, out of breath, whatever. We wait. And the thing is, in that room, they have turned off the AC.
1: Oh, yeah. They they
0: have turned off, like, anything that makes noise, but they've turned off the AC, and there are maybe, like, and the the room's not very big. No. Like, it's Well, it's bigger
1: than most press rooms, but it's not very big considering the amount of people that were in it.
0: Dude, there are probably, like, 75 to 100 people in that room. It was, like, sweltering. And there were also a
1: solid, what, nine TV cameras? I can't remember. There were
0: at least nine TV cameras. Like it was. Yeah, because you think about
1: it, you had all your regular sports cameras, but then you also had CBC, CTV, Global, CP24, this, that, it like everyone. Freaking
0: like blog (laughs) TO. You had like every (laughs) like everyone there. It was sweltering. And then after, and then as Brandon Brandon Shanahan steps up to the podium, that precedes one of the most I want to say, like, unique press conferences. Yeah. I, like, I'm... It, it was surreal. One of the most surreal press conferences I have ever been a part of or watched, just even from afar. Like, it was... It oh, was see, something like I else, guess, man.
1: And you, you and I talked about this a little bit on yeah. Friday. But, like, for me, I watched that. And you... This is, has nothing to do with the decision. I'm talking strictly about the transparency and, like, the explanation of the process, like, when he explained the timeline. Um, When he did that, my immediate thought was, this is really how the high-end global sports brands handle things. This Mm -hmm. is how, like, Florentino Perez is the president of Real Madrid. And if you don't know who that is, like, I... I, (laughs) You should know who Real Madrid is. Um, And then you have, like, Oliver Kahn, who's the CEO of Bayern Munich. You have... um, Robert Kraft, who's like the owner, but also like the president of the New England Patriots. And if you think about how these people, specifically in Europe, though, conduct Mm -hmm. their business, they are very transparent and honest and forthcoming with their supporters and fans because they believe that that's the way that you earn trust. And so they operate on the you might not like what we have to say, but you can trust that you are going to get the full truth and nothing but the truth. And when people are like, oh, Brendan Shanahan doesn't speak like Oliver Kahn, who's the CEO of Bayern Munich, who we can comfortably say is a bigger global franchise than the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. has like a biweekly TV spot where he goes and addresses the fan base and like is honest with them. And so right now, like the team's in a little bit of turmoil, same with Real Madrid and their presidents are straight up out there being honest and upfront. So when everyone was ripping on shanahan for for being honest and up front i had to think to myself the only reason that they're ripping on him is because they don't understand that in europe where all of like the big global sports brands are in with the yankees or the patriots like this is how things are like this is how you're expected to behave and in hockey everyone just like shoves everything under the carpet which has obviously gone famously well in hockey the last five years yeah um so for me actually watching shanahan conduct the press conference in that manner like oh okay transparency is good like this is good now do i agree with the process probably not but at least he was upfront about it and i think that's important
0: yeah so i would say like I'm, I'm super glad about the the um, transparency. Like he yeah. was way more trans. And here's the thing too. Okay, first and of you all, you can't
1: dump on it when you ask for that.
0: Yes, he was way more transparent than he than and than the precedent being set in hockey. Um, but and and what I'll say to that too is like because he gave basically like a day by day like like breakdown of, yeah. the, of of the situation. What I will say is that is the perspective strictly from Brendan Shanahan's perspective. Exactly. Um, and so. I, and, and as he was saying that, it became, it, it's it's like, it sounded like, you know, you're at like a bar and your buddy is telling you about a breakup and he's like, yeah. And she was crazy, dude. Like she was doing this yeah. and like, you realize like when you drop that, that like she was crazy, you realize like, oh, so you were, you, so you were at fault here then. Like this is, yeah you know, and.
1: Exactly. That is what. Shanahan did a yeah. famously good job of covering up for the MLSE board.
0: Yeah, but he was and like
1: famously good job.
0: <laughs> like he was basically he pulled the like like she was crazy bro type thing yeah. with Dubis, and that's an instantly you go like oh so there are there are a lot more sides to this story. Like there's a lot more than you're telling us, and yeah, that out me there, for sure. There is, but like, <laughs> what 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 shocked me is that is the snap decision um, part of it at least that he told us. Because the timeline, basically, like, you know, they'd been working on a contract since after the trade deadline with Dubas and his agent. Dubas wanted to be hands off. Um, and then, basically, like, they were ready to go. And then Dubas spoke on media day and kind of went rogue a little bit by saying, like, it's been really hard on my family. Like, he was kind of opist and open and honest about it. And they spoke on Tuesday. Everything se- still seemed all right. But, like, Shanahan drove home from that media day. Press conference when Dubas like didn't give a definitive answer about whether you wanted to be back, and and he said in his press conference like that was the first time where I started to like envision a future without of the Maple Leafs. Okay, so can we?
1: Um, I want to stop on something that you said there.
0: Okay, hit hit me.
1: Um, one thing that, and I would say, this is actually the thing that bothers me the most out of Mm -hmm. all of this. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs have really turned around. Um, under Brendan Shanahan and I think he's gotten a lot of that credit and I think a lot of that credit probably actually deserves to be Tim Lewicky's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because Tim set the foundation. Yeah, set, hired Bill Manning at Toronto FC hired Masai Ujiri at the Toronto Raptors and hired Brendan Shanahan two of those three teams have won championships right and he was the one that brought them in And the thing that Tim Lewicki preached, because I worked at MLSE and obviously like, my friends still work there. Um, the thing that Tim Lewicki preached was like growth and improvement and like company culture. And he was like he lived by that. I remember when he sent out a company wide email reminding every single person that interns were not to be working more than 40 hours a week because they weren't being paid. Yeah. And that was like a huge thing for the CEO to do. But then you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're considered like the beacon of strength and conditioning. How many players have we heard that say they've come here because <laughs> yeah. the players get taken care of well. The families get taken care of well. The the um, timeline that was afforded to Luke Shen when his wife was going to give birth. The Leafs have kind of become this, the NHL's beacon of professionalism
0: and even there are and other examples I'm, like Dubis waited like staying overnight in the hospital when in Ilya New Jersey Mikheyev. when, when McKay got cut you know when Tavares is is on the ice after that hit you you see him running from the press box with Tavares's wife already on the phone to like you know just stuff like that there, there was you know they, there was they so are so
1: much th- so much stuff and so what really bothered me about this entire thing was that for the first time really in hockey We've seen an executive show some emotional vulnerability and mm-hmm. be upfront and show that it's okay to do that. And and if, when he did that, there was so many people that reached out to me and I know to like a few of um, my like colleagues in hockey and say like that's big because that shows if he can do that publicly, it means that pretty much everyone behind the scenes is comfortable doing that privately. So it's like a safe work environment that's really positive and clearly these people care about each other right Mm -hmm. so what bothered me was that he went out and showed had this moment of emotional vulnerability and that caused the board brendan shanahan whoever made the ultimate decision to say that's not the guy for us i have a massive problem with that optically that is awful But you cannot preach hockey talks and mental health awareness and all Mm. of that and then decide based on one press conference where a guy says this has been really hard on me and my family to show him the door. Really?
0: Yeah. I don't think so. So I wrote in my column right after all this happened. I was like, you know, you can call the Leafs whatever you want. You can call them soft. You can call them like, you know, like, over dramatic. You can call them playoff Choker. chokers. You can call them unclutch. You can call them pampered. Whatever. You cannot call them disorganized. Nope. You cannot call them, like...
1: Unprofessional.
0: What, unprofessional and, like, whatever the word is for, like, the opposite of synergy. Like, like...
1: Discombobulated.
0: Discombobulated. You can't call them that. Um, you can now. Like, that, like, this yes. week, in the... Sp- for, it, it It's wild... That an organization that has preached and preached and preached, like the process, you know, the uh, making long term plans, like, right. you know, trust, and that nine, an era that started nine years ago, a working relationship between two, you know, hockey executives at the top of pretty much hockey's biggest mountain when it comes to executives, that that relationship, that era of hockey. In the biggest media market for hockey in the world, fell apart in four days.
1: Yeah, so I have some serious concerns. You brought up the Leafs, and I have to be honest, I, I don't think it's fair to just have the Leafs in that discussion. Um, I have a piece out on the Hockey News website where I talk about the MLSE board and their involvement in all of this. And I, I have to be honest with you, I think most of the fault lies squarely with them. And I'll tell you why. Clearly, as you've just described, the Le- they have plunged the Leafs into chaos. Mm-hmm. Toronto FC has been a chaotic mess since ML- since MLS's board started putting their grubby hands all over that franchise instead of letting Bill Manning run the show. They are now the team with the highest payroll in the league, dead last, because the board is making decisions and the board is saying where you can and can't spend money. And all that results in... Is chaos. You are Bell executives and Rogers executives. And I'm going to remove Larry Tannenbaum because everyone seems to love him. And he seems to kind of just be the guy defending everyone in all of this. Mm-hmm. But when you have multiple teams, and let's not forget that Larry Tannenbaum was the one called upon to save the Toronto Raptors from losing Masai Ujiri a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. There is a common denominator here, and it isn't Brendan Shanahan. It's the board. And they are far too involved. For a bunch of executives that really only know about share prices and telecoms, they are far too involved in soccer, basketball, and hockey. Like, you, it's basically a video game for them. It's just a very expensive video game. And that's how they're treating it. And now look where we are. Like, Mike, you're probably a great MLB the show manager.
0: I am. The best. But if
1: you purchased the New York Yankees and treated it like MLB The Show, would that go over well for you?
0: I would run that franchise into the ground.
1: Exactly. It would, and be, now it, what it would we be have
0: financially insolvent within the first two years.
1: So now what we have, so when Tim Lewicki was there, he did a fantastic job of shielding the likes of Shanahan and Masai and Bill Manning from the board, which was Bell and Rogers. Because his personality was big and he was kind of able to say like... Okay, you need to step off. Like, he was kind of that, that shield. Richard Petty was a lot the same. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Michael Friesdahl from Air Canada. And with due respect to him, I'm sure he's a great executive. Zero qualifications to run a sporting business. None. Yeah. Zero. And that seemed to go away. And then when he resigned in 2022, do you know who their CEO is, Mike?
0: Who is their CEO?
1: They don't have one and they
0: haven't had one ever this since? is a
1: multi-billion dollar company who hasn't had a ceo for over a year so that buffer went from tim lewicky to an air canada executive to nobody so it's not exactly a surprise when elliot friedman reports that the board was too involved in decision making this year because they did it with tfc they've done it with Uh, the Leafs now and the only reason they haven't done it with the Raptors is because Larry Tannenbaum is probably shielding Masai himself and that is a huge problem I think this is more indicative of MLSE than it is of the Toronto Maple Leafs and that should be an even bigger concern
0: I think you make an incredible point I also think that just from the outside perspective the Toronto Maple Leafs brand is tarnished now yep Um, like it is like with Dubis going and the way that it played out the, the the Toronto Maple Leafs brand is tarnished. It is not the same. Like like I said, you could call them whatever you want about on the ice, soft playoff chokers, not on clutch. The ice
1: doesn't matter off the ice. Off the ice,
0: they were a top like triple A run business. Like they were like they you know the uh, the cream of the crop. Their marketing, their you know their PR, their everything. Teams and- would
1: come in from all around the world to meet with the Leafs. And discuss how they manage their brand that's like we're talking like teams in europe come and meet with the leafs they don't meet with the raptors or tfc they meet with the leafs that's what we're talking about here
0: like that has that sheen has gone gone. now and they are not like it is the way every what has happened since we played out is or since since dubas has gone um it it like it literally reminds me of like the no era. it reminds me of just leaks everywhere um like if i'm getting information you know that the ship is leaky
1: okay well and you know what's crazy about all of this is in in analyzing where all the leaks are coming from i don't think any of them are coming from Dubis's side of the ledger no like Pierre Lebrun found out that Jason Spezza had resigned, and I guarantee you, Pierre Lebrun didn't get a text from Jason Spezza.
0: It is, like, there are going to be a lot of changes. There are a lot of unhappy people. And I'm just talking about the staff side. Like, I I haven't,
1: you we know. haven't even addressed the biggest elephant in the room. I
0: haven't even talked to, like, like, anyone about the players or whatever. But I'm talking staff. Like, they are going oh, to I be have. Old- yeah, but they're going to be a lot. Like there are a lot of unhappy people, especially after the Shanahan press conference. Like as as forthright, you know. Like as as it, it doesn't matter how like how how um, like candid you are, if what you're saying reads like propaganda in a way, like reads. Exactly. And and there are a lot of people who are like, oh, so that's how it is. Um, and the fact that Shanahan like the, what basically what broke down. Was that Dubis um, or Dubis's agent sent a new financial framework um, to Which Brandon? was
1: poor, I would fire I mean, my agent if I was hey, Kyle Dubis.
0: Hey. <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe they both came together and did this. I don't know. Um, right, but like sending that was that- a poor.
1: What I'm saying is though, like that was a poor decision on his part.
0: Yes, yeah, and so I, I put that in my column, and that like that can somewhat be like an underhanded. Like, you know, kind of, like, gutsy move, but, like, not gutsy in a good way. Like
1: Especially when you're dealing with the telecoms of Canada who only care about share price.
0: Exactly. And so you you go at, like, the thing is, too, though, is, like, he came in at sort of, like, the 11th hour, as you want to say. But it was an arbitrarily decided 11th hour. Like, it wasn't, you know, it was an 11th hour that, like, Shanahan sort of had in his head. Yeah, this wasn't the
1: trade deadline. It wasn't a
0: trade (laughs) deadline. It wasn't, like, July 1st. It wasn't, you know, it was... Like a Friday afternoon or a Thursday a Thursday evening, basically, and and Shanahan decided that that was going to be last minute. Um, and look, yeah, like what have... was
1: it? Shanahan's dinner time was the last minute eleventh hour exactly. thing. Like, what? Somebody's dinner time? Like, okay.
0: So here's what I think, and this is pure. I want to say this for sure. This is pure speculation. Like, this is this is just. This what is the speculation
1: think, train being conducted by Mike Stevens.
0: Well, here, like, you know, I'm pretty plugged into this. Like I'm yeah. being around, I'm around, I've been around the team all year long. I've been in their locker room all year long. You know, like I, I think, I think I, I, you know, like and when it comes to Leafs media members, like I'm, I'm in that club, if you want to say. So like, I'm not just talking out of my ass. I do most of the time. I feel like this is probably not. And here, what I, what I think. And again, pure speculation. This is just my read. This is just what I can potentially fill in the blanks, but here's what I think happened is that you're getting towards this, you know, Dubas is candid, gets some pushback from Shanahan, you know, has that talk with his family and that talk brings up and sort of like resurfaces some resentment over all of the stuff that had happened during his tenure, you know, the, the vetoing the trades or the forcing him to make trades or the not extending him and not committing to him last year, and, you know, this, that and the other. And I think that sort of was like, you know what? No, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not just going to bow down anymore. Like, I, I want to get what's mine. So he sent it there. So he, it, it, so he sent that that proposal. And I feel like and obviously, that's maybe not a great move. Um, you know, like, if you go, it can be construed as going back on your word. And you know, who like, you know, what do you have in this world, if not your word? Um, but what what also shocked me, too, is like, so this was that that new financial framework was set. And as we now know, this framework was, you know, instead of four million, it was six or seven million. And instead of just being the GM, it was now having far more autonomy over hockey operations decisions. um, And and then what what's funny is that later that night, Dubas sent an email to Shanahan reiterating. That was weird, though. That re- was weird. Yeah. But it also could have like. Yeah, it, but it's also like, yeah, I just sort of like pulled this, but I want to let you know, like, I want this to work out. I'm still committed.
1: Yeah, but that's what—that's the type of thing where if the relationship is as good as they're trying to portray it, that's a phone call.
0: Yeah, that's a sends, phone call.
1: You know who sends emails? People who know they're going to get fired.
0: Yeah, and so so that because was it's sent, called and, a
1: paper trail.
0: <laughs> and what's interesting too is that that an email that Dubas sent again that reiterated his desire to continue to lead the Toronto Maple Leafs and also lead them into the most impactful off-season arguably in franchise history. Yeah. Um that was the decision. Like that was sent it on Thursday night. Shanahan admitted that is what decided what caused him to decide to basically throw 9 years in the in the garbage and he woke that happened on Thursday night. He woke up on Friday morning, drove to the office and fired Kyle Dubas. That is insane. That, that is, is insanity insane. and everything they've ever operated under during the Shanahan plan insane
1: yeah that that's the type of thing i'd expect from like harold ballard and when you're in the same breath as harold ballard that is uh not a good thing like i'm surprised
0: the um, parking spot wasn't gone when he got to the the offices that day you know yeah, like, and so, that he
1: here's here's another thing that really really doesn't sit well with me um did I like the reports? And again, this is only Shanahan's side of it. Did I like the reports that Dubas came back with a bu- more financial compensation? Like, I thought that that wasn't smart. But if you step back and step outside this particular situation, the impact Kyle Dubas has on the team. If Kyle Dubas being fired results in Austin Matthews walking out the door... This decision will cost Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment far more money than they ever could have dreamed of paying Kyle Dubas. Like, even if Kyle Dubas asks for two million more dollars per year, the Leafs sell more than two million dollars per year in Austin Matthews jerseys. Never mind all of the marketing that comes associated with them or anything else. This decision may cost them the best player in franchise history. And that's the type of thing where if it happened in Europe, the fans would show up outside the Scotiabank Arena and protest until this team was sold. That's how ridiculous this decision was. If it costs them Austin Matthews, those Bell and Rogers executives are going to be just as well known as Larry Tannenbaum, except they're going to be known for all the wrong reasons.
0: And Rachel, I honestly think it will. Like I like, I you think just there's... cost yourself
1: the best player in franchise history because you got emotional well done
0: I, I think there's a greater chance they i think there's a greater chance austin matthews does like does not re does not sign a, an extension with the tron maple leafs than, than there is but then he does like i think there's a great i think it's like 60 40 that he leaves at this point after this decision
1: and it was 75 25 he was re-signing and that even Friday might be afternoon. conservative
0: that might even be conservative yeah like it, it was like it was yeah, almost yeah, a gear. it was almost it a was pretty conclusion. much done
1: it was a foregone conclusion he <laughs> said it himself
0: he said, I want my like my agent will handle this. He said a locker clean out. Yeah. Said, I want my agent to handle this. But like it's an it's an absolute called it an absolute honor to play in Toronto. And he wants, you know, this is his second home, yada, yada, yada. And he wants to, you know, it's home for me and my family. I want to play here. He bought a house here. And then you look what's happened, like, like the biggest thing that we were talking about with whether or not Austin Matthews is going to resign is that, you know, he wants to be confident in the future of the team. He wants to be confident in the future direction. No one is confident. No one knows what's going to happen. Literally when the Leafs hit the ice, you know, for their home opener in October, whatever, of 2023, they could look completely different than they do right now. Like they could, it- like, 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 unrecognizable in the front office, behind the bench, and on the ice. Why would Matthews have, have any um, – have, have any confidence no, why would he have a desire
1: yeah but I will say this if this results in Matthews leaving I don't think he can be the only player that leaves I think at that point you have plunged yourself into a situation where it demands that you trade the other stars on the team because you just will not be able to compete without a premier center which John Tavares is not anymore and you then need to start recouping assets to build through the draft again. So it is there is a non-zero chance that this decision causes the Leafs to completely rebuild. Oh no! And, like
0: this, like if if Austin Matthews leaves, the Leafs are in a rebuild. Like they're not going to be like let's run it back without.
1: Yeah, and that, the, that is uh, that should that should cost people their jobs. And I'm not saying it's Brennan Shanahan's fault because Elliot Friedman has reported that the board was involved. But oh my goodness, maybe if you had a CEO who could manage these things, because that's what their job is. Honestly, 90% of the job of a CEO of a sports corporation is managing the owners so that they don't have to. Like I remember be- with both franchises I worked in like, the top executives spoke with the owners more than they spoke to, like, their colleagues around the league. Like, that's how often owners speak to high-level executives. And if you don't have that buffer there and you have a a telephone executive vetoing hockey trades, that would be like if I went and purchased a cricket team and then started vetoing decisions, even though I know sweet all about cricket. You would say, Rachel, you're insane. You're insane. Yes, I would. And now, now we're here. This is, and I can't imagine the NHL is thrilled because if the Leafs get plunged into chaos, that's bad for the league because newsflash, they're one of the most profitable teams in the league, mm. and this is bad. It's bad. So that's an issue.
0: And every, <laughs> and now in in the in the time since this has happened, every potential like replacement suggestion like for a new GM makes me want to bash my head into a brick wall
1: every everyone except one
0: well Eric Tolski but, yeah. but then again i don't think that's going to happen like so it's
1: when i worked for Tim lewicky we had this like town hall where like all MLSE employees were invited and he said something and it's the only thing i remembered that he said that day and i i don't think i'll ever forget it it's stuck with me and you've heard me say it before like this is where i got it from i got it from him If you are getting rid of somebody, you need to have somebody better coming in. Yeah. That list. And you're not. First of all, like, most of the guys on that list have already shown, and I say most, not all, most have shown they are totally incapable of dealing with owners that meddle. We know exactly who I'm talking about, right? Then you have guys that have been involved in organizations where really awful stuff happened. So they, that should be an immediate disqualifier as well. Then you have guys that have shown to be absolutely awful at being a general manager. That should be disqualifying as well. So then that leaves you with one, and it's Eric Tulski.
0: And Or you could like, have just
1: kept Kyle Dubas and shut your mouth and gone back to running your telecom.
0: And it and at, at the same and like look, they hire Eric Tulski. I think that, you know. A lot of this uncertainty, a lot of this negative, like, it goes away because he has been well regarded as, like, a legit, an, you know, an incredible...
1: Eric um, tells he might be the smartest man in hockey, and I he, am it. He should
0: be, like, he should be, like, solving climate change. He shouldn't be, like, dealing with friggin'... He has a
1: PhD in chemistry. Like he probably could.
0: <laughs> the guy is, like, is like freaking Tony Stark. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And But, like, what's insane about this is... Brandon Shanahan makes a point of saying in the press conference that a GM with experience is, is, will certainly be attractive. And
1: but what kind of experience? Is it yes, experience obviously. in the front office? Or is it experience in the league? Is it experience being a GM? Like We didn't even get clarification on that.
0: Exactly. But he says experience, so I feel like it's probably GM experience. GM or like president experience. And, and obviously Eric Tulski so- is being an AGM.
1: Yeah, but he's effectively so, running that team and everybody yeah. knows
0: it. <laughs> so was like like Kyle Dubas is an AGM too. Like it's it's it seems like that might take some uh like take him off the list. I don't know, but my goodness, like every it's like let's just so be the, let's just be up, up front. Brad True Living it, is like, the best option listed, And and he a ha, like left a situation because because of meddling owner. <laughs> B okay. and, and and B. Went into like last summer was basically thrust into a situation that is almost identical to what the Leafs are dealing with right now in terms of two star players in a will in a in a sort of they need to resign or not, um, and then eventually he lost one for free, the other one demanded out, and he made I- a massive trade and it ended up blowing up.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. When that trade was made, we thought that was a pretty good trade. So, like, it's revisionist history after one year to say it was a bad trade because there is a decent chance that Huberto puts up 80 points next year and Mackenzie Wieger's back in the Norris conversation. And no matter what...
0: No matter what, they still have to pay Jonathan Hubertot ten point five million dollars until 2031. And that's an extension that Bradfre living signed him to without ever playing a
1: game I'm for his hockey. I'm not team. sure that that was his choice. Um, well
0: then he then he knows how to bow to ownership. So I would exactly can't that regardless is my it, concern. Regardless it happens, so no matter like who knows what what you know other other 30-year-old winger, you know, is is gonna get like I it it, it None of these inspire confidence. Literally none. Yeah. Like, other than Eric Tolsky, and I don't think the, the the likelihood is high. But if you if you go into – and, like, what I don't understand, too, is, like, why haven't they just fired Sheldon Keith yet? Yeah, like, like we, know, we all know it's coming. We know why are you letting
1: happening? him hang in the wind? He can't find another job. Yeah. Like, I think that is also really unprofessional, really poor form. Everyone knows he's not coming back. Every Like, he knows he he's not know. coming back. Yeah. Why – Aren't you just firing him so that he can go and find another job? Because if you wait until goddamn August to fire him, he's not going to be able to get another job. And I also think that that is terrible. Like, that's not how you do things. It's like when you fire scouts in August. No, you fire them in April or May so that they have all summer to get on with a new team. That is how you do things. Right, it's like you don't fire somebody the week before Christmas, like yeah. that. You don't do that, right? So I, I, I don't like that. We all know he's not coming back. Um, the Leafs are likely to lose Spencer Carberry, who is an just a, a fantastic forward linking coach. I don't know if he's ready to be an NHL coach yet, but he definitely deserves like a promotion to associate coach, something of that nature, because I think he's he is quite close. Um. But there is a, put it this way, there's a greater chance that Joel Quenville ends up behind the Toronto Maple Leafs bench than Sheldon Keefe.
0: And regardless of, you know, we've talked about how, like, it it does seem like Joel Quenville is doing the work, at least, like... He wants and to And it seems
1: like the Leafs and Rangers are like leaking that name out. Like when to Jonas see Siegel what the said reaction it is. and yeah, and to Steve see Simmons kind of. did it. You know, okay, like, w- can we discuss that situation? Well, just
0: like literally for 30 seconds in the sense that like if and I tweeted this like if if I submitted that same blurb, even just like in written form to John, my editor, he would he yeah. would have kicked me in the balls. Like he would have
1: uh, he, I would have smacked you across the head and how but that's the thing so when he you know what's crazy and i said this in my tweet he might get his credentials revoked after all this time not because he suggested joel quenville but because he went after mlse as like some semi-woke whatever organization that's the type of thing that they read and go that guy's no longer allowed in our building he has written the kessel hot dog story the Matthews COVID story, don't forget that. He's gone after numerous players. He went after James Reimer. Then there fabricated was the fabricated stuff. Then there was the um, Argos situation where he was asking about Mike Babcock at a Toronto Argos press conference for whatever odd reason. Like, this guy has a laundry list of things that should have gotten his credentials revoked, but I won't be surprised if MOSC, like, corporation sees that and goes, that guy's no longer allowed in our building.
0: So what I'll say here, we before we end off, because I think we've covered this as much as we can, is
1: we should probably talk about the coaches.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but like, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like an old yeah. grizzled guy. It's gonna be like Gerard Gallant, or it's oh. gonna like you know, it's like I don't even. There, what's the point? Like it's gonna be someone. It's, I mean, gonna, it's, if gonna, it's gonna, gonna
1: suck. Be, <laughs> if it's gonna be an old grizzled guy. It better be Bruce Boudreau or Chloe Julian. It won't be. You know what? Scary. I actually wouldn't mind if it was Claude Julien. He's a good coach.
0: Claude Julien's a good coach. I think you'd be. I think that'd be good. But like, it'll likely be Gerard Gallant, or I don't know. Like they're like they they want a GM with bite. Like they're starting to like the second. It's funny. The second the GM's Kyle,
1: not on the ice. Like,
0: what? It's funny because the second Kyle Dubas leaves, we start to hear the hockey man adjectives thrown around and i don't think that that's a surprise like i like and look kyle dubis did a lot of hockey man things he loved his guys to a fault you know like this that and the other but the second that he leaves we start hearing they want some gumption they want some bite they want you know
1: truculence and belligerence and pugnacity
0: um and so what i'll say like i said before we before we sort of like like end off because yeah whatever is that they are like you you bring up the possibility of quenville and we talked about the and I, this sort of brings everything full circle in, in that you talk about the possibility of Quenville or we, we talked about the possibility of Quenville and we also talk about how the Maple Leafs brand is somewhat tarnished now. And we also talk about how, like even just from a PR perspective, like an operations perspective, they're scrambling. Yeah. Like they're no longer they used to the Leafs used to set the narrative and then dictate how it was responded to. They're now scrambling to respond the narrative respond to the narratives because other people are setting it for them, whether it's through leaks, whether it's through you know their own failures, etc because
1: um, this is gonna get out. Like Dubis's disciples, this is gonna get out at some point.
0: And so if they end up hiring Joel Quenville, like like they make the most controversial coaching hire you can possibly make after making the most controversial personnel decision in the offseason. Like we can we yeah. can just go ahead and we can just go ahead and plunge the Leafs into the level of, into the level of organization that is getting Twitter polls to talk about where they want to play next year. You know, like we can, like, like they will, that will.
1: Well, no, because the Leafs aren't going bankrupt anytime soon and their owner, it hasn't been accused of abusing his children. So we're not quite at that level yet, but but it will be pretty
0: far down. And like, it is like, this is, and so I will say, if they do end up hiring Quenville, I don't care how, like, like, I mean, it's unfair to say I don't care how much work he's done because I hope that he becomes a better person. Um, but even regardless of that, the last team that should be hiring, that should be, that the last team that should be putting themselves in the fire for that
1: is a team is already the in the fire? right now.
0: Like that could be the worst. Even take away all of the morality stuff. And I personally believe that Joel Quimble should not be allowed to be to coach anymore. I feel like, you know, that's coaching. a Gary Bettman choice, yeah. Yeah, I think, but I think like being an NHL head coach, especially of the Toronto Maple Leafs, is a privilege, and yeah, you can you can dedicate yourself to making the world a better place after this. It doesn't matter you ruined a man's life, um, and you participated in that. And I think that that should like at least in my opinion. Um, but if they do, if yep. if he does end up getting cleared, the last team is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's scary the fact that that is now a distinct possibility.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, it's, I think you did a great job of of setting that there. Like, there's no arguing Joel Quenville's success as a coach, which would obviously make him appealing to a bunch of executives that care about playoff success and wins and making money. And, uh, as we've seen, those companies clearly don't really care about the health of their employees. Mm -hmm. So that's concerning. Um, but you can't ignore the transgressions that Joel Quenville committed. Mm-hmm. And to like, that just super, I'm, I'm sorry, but it has to supersede all of his success. Like by his numbers, is he a hall of fame coach? Yes, absolutely. But should he get into the hall of fame based on what we know now? Not a chance in the same way that if none of this had come out about Joel Quenville, Could he coach the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes, absolutely, one thousand percent. But you've lost that privilege now, and I don't think that should just be given back. Like we both believe in second chances, and but there's a difference between a second chance because you ran a stop sign and a second chance because you allowed somebody on your staff to sexually assault somebody else. Like that—that that's not the same thing. And yeah. I do agree with you. I think it's going to be somebody that's older. My My heart wants it to be Bruce Boudreaux just because I know he would give his soul for that. Um, I think Claude Julian is probably the most qualified. Like, the guy's an Olympic gold medalist. Um, has had success everywhere he's been. Um, so, like, that would be a good hire. And then in the GM chair, like, it's... They need to be careful about who they hire... Because if you hire the wrong guy, because we know it's not gonna be a girl. If you hire the wrong guy, this is going to get even more chaotic. So not only are you need to hire somebody that knows what they're doing hockey wise, you need to know you need to hire somebody who knows their way around like a pressure filled media market. So that automatically rules out like quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Ray Shiro is actually I think Ray Shiro is considered a bad GM and I'm not quite sure why. Um like he's made some really good trades. He never got like over the hump in Pittsburgh after, but the bulk of everything he put together was the team that won two cups. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, a lot of New Jersey's success was with him and he mentored Tom Fitzgerald. So I don't think he's as bad. And you're talking about somebody who worked for him, right? Like, you know what my opinions are on yeah. on certain members of that organization. But I do think Ray Shiro has kind of been unjustly thrown into this pool of like bad GMs. And the one thing I could say for absolutely certain, because I saw it with my own eyes, Ray Shiro knows how to handle an owner. That guy knows how to handle an mm. owner. He is not afraid to tell him to kick rocks. So I think he, outside of Tulski might be the best fit um, in terms of big trades that need to be made. He handedly won the Taylor Hall trade, like handedly won that one. Um, and so I think that might end up being the best suited guy if they choose not to go with Tulski.
0: Yeah. And I guess sort of last thing before we head out is with, with, uh, with Quen, or with Quenville is ignoring like the, the answer, the only thing is, uh, or the only, I sort of like argument for him to, to get hired is, um, we'll just look what he's accomplished in the past. The most, he's the most accomplishment accomplished, um, candidate. And I, to that, I will say papering over off ice stuff in favor of on ice success is what sparked this in the first place. So
1: yeah Yeah, don't do that and chloe julian hasn't been much less successful so how about you just go down that route because there have been like multiple people who have come out and said that chloe julian's a really good person and whatever and the other thing just before we go in all of this with kyle dubis not a single person has come out and this was an unceremonious dismissal Mm -hmm. not a single person has come out with a bad thing to say about the man yeah that speaks volumes
0: yeah, so Rachel, and when we come when we come back next week, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or not next week, later, later this week, week. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs might look completely different. We have really? zero idea. But until then, stick with us. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening.